0: Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa DeMoor, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times bestselling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to Lisa at DrLisaDeMoor.com. And you can join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The handle is AskLisaPodcast. And also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, AskLisaPodcast. Encore episode 150. How do I get my son to stop picking on his little sister? are siblings sometimes so cruel to each other? It's a struggle parents are constantly forced to deal with. And I know when they're on winter break, it can feel even worse when they have more time together. Dr. Lisa takes us inside the adolescent brain. She discusses how the start of puberty can make emotional control harder for kids. We also discuss gender dynamics. And Lisa explains the importance of not shaming one child when they hurt another. We also discuss what parents can do in the moment, and even after a big blowout, to make sure there is no lasting harm. Lisa and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, we decided to tackle the issue of sibling rivalry. Why do they happen? What's going on here? Especially before we get into the summer months, Lisa, when they're going to be around each other all the time. They are, and it can get spicy. Rena, it can Mm. get spicy. So we got this great letter. It says, Dear Dr. Lisa, my 13-year-old son is a really great kid, but he's just mean to his 11-year-old sister. We don't allow name-calling in our house, but he barks answers at her when she asks a question, aggressively corrects her when she makes a mistake, and is constantly and obviously annoyed by her mere presence. To make matters worse, my daughter looks up to her brother and tends to second his opinions, which drives him crazy. I've tried to talk to him, but he says we just don't know how much she annoys him on purpose when we're not looking. I know that 11-year-old girls can be annoying, and I know he's not 100% without blame, but I don't see what he sees, and I'd like for him to be a little more patient and kinder to her. Please help. So what's going on here, Lisa? Why do they do it? You know, I feel like this letter, we could call it the perfect storm. It just Uh
1: describes a dynamic that is, I think, very common in households and sort of the collision of developmental moments that is not always pretty. Let's start with 13. You know that I've often been of the mind that 13 is one of the hardest ages developmentally. It's mm-hmm. just challenging. And, you know, there's a lot going on for kids who are 13, but not the least of it is that their feelings are really, really amplified, that they are mm-hmm. in that juncture where the emotion center of the brain has been upgraded. Their perspective maintaining system has not yet yet not yet been upgraded. And so when they get riled up or stirred up, it's really intense and they're not always able to walk it back. Like it's kind of this all gas, no brakes experience for being 13. So we have that dynamic in this guy. Rena, we also have the dynamic, and this is something um, that I wrote about in my most recent book, The Emotional Lives of Teenager, that I think it can be really hard to be a 13-year-old middle schooler. So he's boy, he's a boy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think for boys in particular, there's an element that can be very challenging during the school day if they are not on the early side of puberty. And and one of the things I impacted in the book and it was actually fascinating to work, work on is that, you know, developmentally, 13-year-old girls are way ahead of 13-year-old boys just because mm-hmm. they as a group hit puberty quite a bit earlier and this means that they are neurologically advanced they actually can think in more sophisticated ways it also means they are physically ahead of the boys on average like especially around 12 but it can you know bleed into 13 girls are taller stronger faster than boys um and so one of the things i unpacked in this book was thinking about what does it feel like to be a sixth or seventh grade boy, though this boy could be in eighth grade, but at this time in the year, I'm assuming he's a seventh grader, that you know, you're know, you out at recess and the girls are beating you, <laughs> except mm-hmm. for throwing. Boys mm-hmm. actually, um, I think it's a practice effect. They actually throw further and harder than girls do. And then you come back in the classroom and the girls are, and you hear boys talk about it. They're more organized. They understand what's going on. They are more on top of it. So- It's very easy for me to picture a moment where this boy has spent the day basically being schooled by girls, right? I mean, like one way or another, holds it together gorgeously, is a decent citizen all day, you know, but has those amped up 13-year-old emotions, walks in the door, and his little sister's like, hey,
0: Mm. (laughs) and it's like, wham, right? I mean, you can just see it. You can see it, Rena. But the the good thing and the bad thing, I guess, is this is common, isn't it, Lisa? I hear everybody talking about this. It is common. And also
1: what's really common is the teenager being hard on the younger siblings and Mm -hmm. also this dynamic of the younger siblings, like looking up to that teenager and adoring that teenager. And I remember a mom once talking with me about that moment when her older daughter would walk in the house and the younger daughter would be like, hi, hi, here you are. So glad you're home. And the mom said to me, "I remember the language." She said, and then she says something. My older daughter says something that just cuts deep, mm. and it was so vivid. And it was such a lovely mom, and and she was just observing that, like siblings, really, you know, they're close, and they're also combustible.
0: Like they know yeah. how to go after each other. Right. Now, one of the things I worry, especially a brother sister dynamic, is. I don't want her to think that it's okay for guys to talk to her, even though it's just siblings. I know I'm, I'm reading too deeply into it. But when is it problematic when the older sibling lashes out and you know it's affecting the younger sibling and hurting them? You're not reading too
1: much into this, right? I mean, there is also a gender dynamic in this. And I don't think any parent would feel at ease thinking like, we're just going to brush this under the rug and leave the younger daughter with the impression that anyone much less a man can speak mm-hmm. to her this way right i mm-hmm. think that's really real so you have the problem of the 13 year old boy who is taking it out on his little sister in a way that's not fair even if even if she is annoying like his reaction is out of proportion yeah and then you have the problem of the little sister whose feelings are hurt And then you have the problem of the gender dynamic, right? And that that it's laying out an example that you cannot allow to stand unquestioned in your home. Okay. So why don't we take them one by one? Because these are like interesting. Like it's amazing how layered this very conventional moment in family life is, right? Let's start with the fact that she's hurt. That's Mm -hmm. simpler. Mm -hmm. So I think that in the heat of the moment, you know, the kid comes in the door or you walk in the kitchen and, you know, he has said something nasty and her face drops and she is clearly injured. I think in the heat of the moment, all you can do is get them away from each other, right? I mean, I think going after him in that moment is not going to actually go well. I think that you need to create space between them. So you can say to him, buddy, out, right? Like that is not okay. We'll deal with this later. And then you take care of the younger child and you say, look, look, This isn't about you. And I think that that's what's so important to make clear to the younger kid is that this feels really personal, but it's not personal. And one of the beauties of 13 year olds is is that kind of everybody annoys them.
0: (laughs) Uh, True. So true. So
1: so a parent could readily say, It's not about you. If you notice, actually, the way we blink is driving him crazy right now, right? (sighs) Like, (sighs) if you notice, like, he can't stand, you know when I want to dance to the music in the kitchen, right? Like, so so just to give um, that younger child some context and maybe say, you know what? It's really hard to be in seventh grade. Your brother has probably been really great all day. And, you know, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, but this isn't about you. So I think that's the first thing we do is we take care of the younger child.
0: All right. Then there's this gender dynamic. I don't know, Rena, what do you think? What would you say? I really worry that, you know, because she looks up and idolizes her brother, is this going to be when she looks up and idolizes some love interest? Is she going to, is the message going to be, okay, it's okay if they treat me like crap? I worry about that sometimes. Yeah. No, absolutely. So it does make me wonder, right?
1: After the moment has passed, if there's something worth saying, certainly to the little girl, of like, you know what? your brother's acting like this. That is not how he should act and he knows it. And this is also, just to be clear, not how anybody should talk to anybody
0: and you should never let anyone talk to you that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on your brother. <laughs> so it, you're, So what you're saying is when you do this timeout, you separate them. Go to the younger child and say, look, just by, merely by saying, no one should be talking to you like this. This is unacceptable behavior. And acknowledging that to the child is important. I think absolutely. And then it
1: really does get to the fact that they have to then see that you're going to go do something with the brother, right? I think, again, you got to put your money where your mouth is, right? So if you say to the younger sibling, no one should speak to you like this, just to be clear, like the work isn't done. Because if you don't then take it up with a kid who's acting that way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, know, you could see how the younger sibling would be like, well, Great. Thanks for telling me that <laughs> no yeah. one's supposed to talk to me like that. But what are you supposed to do about it? Like, what am I supposed to do about it? Right. So, so then it gets to the piece of talking with the boy about what happened and what keeps happening also. And I think that's important. So, again, Rena, I would say let him cool off, get him out of there, you know, don't let him make it worse and look for a moment where he. Seems to have gotten his feet under him. And again, you know, I say this all the time, Rena, and I'm just going to keep saying it. Teenagers have two sides. They have the side that was a real jerk to their little sister. And they have the side who knows that that's not okay and probably feels
0: bad about it. Mm-hmm. And the side that you speak to is what shows up. You always, I love that the side that you speak to is always what shows up. I needed to hear that again because it's so important. Um, Lisa, we're going to pause and take a quick break. On the other side, I want to ask you sort of what parents can say in particular to the boy. um, And also, is this preventable? Is there anything parents can do to prevent this? You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it, and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age, that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa.
1: EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so earthbreeze.com slash asklisa I'm all for healthy habits but I don't trust quick fixes this is why I love Daily Harvest they take all of the work out of eating well and all I have to do is enjoy Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with daily harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ask Lisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ask Lisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. DailyHarvest.com
0: slash Ask Lisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about sibling rivalries and what you can do to sort of foster better relations with your children. So I want to talk to you about the older boy who's putting down the younger sister. What can a parent say to that 13-year-old boy in the moment? So in the moment, probably not much. But if you've given him space
1: and not let him dig himself in by being worse, then we go to him and then we go with this idea that the side you speak to is a side that shows up. And you could work with the assumption that he doesn't feel okay about what just happened at some level, even if he's not showing it. And I think that's one of the hardest things about speaking to the better side of a teenager is that sometimes you're like, I, I don't see it. I can't mm-hmm. find it. Mm-hmm. You still got to speak to it. The chances that it will show up get much bigger if you speak to it. So I think there's a, like, a, I'm going to give a few different phrases because I feel like there's no one size fits all, right? So one is to say, like, whoa, are you okay? Right? To actually just start there because what's built into that is like, that was not all right and something must be wrong. Right? So you could do that. Another way you could go at it is to say to him like, "Uh, that was pretty harsh. You know, Mm -hmm. just name it. Like that was pretty harsh what just happened. And again, then leave that there. You know, don't launch into a lecture. Don't launch into punishment. Another thing you could say, and this unfortunately doesn't feel like it would fit for this letter, is like, whoa, that's not like you, right? Like, what is going on? Now, that means it has to be a fairly unusual experience, whereas in this letter, this kid seems like he's given his sister a hard time a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So you probably can't say that. But trying to create space to be like, what just happened? That wasn't okay. You know it and I know it. and see. What the boy can offer
0: by way of an explanation. And in your experience, Lisa, the what just happened, what is it usually? Usually they have no idea. <laughs> I
1: mean, it really? I think often kids will be like, I don't know. Like, wow. She's annoying. Like, you know, like I think, you know, Once in a blue moon, so why it's worth asking is a kid might say, okay, here's what happened. You know, I have this terrible group project and like no one in my group is doing anything and it was the last class and I'm super annoyed and like I shouldn't have done that, but like I was already really irritated. Okay. So you may get that on a, you know, you know, really rare occasion. And that's hugely valuable because then you can say, oh, kiddo, I'm sorry. And like, yeah, group projects, it can be the worst. And like, how can I help you with that? And like, you got to fix it up with your sister, but like, we'll take care of you. But I also think that parents really need to be prepared and not surprised if the kid's like, I don't know what happened. Like she was annoying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and, And I think that's probably the kid
0: telling the truth like they don't know why they acted that way. You know what I keep thinking about in this conversation is how you talk about puberty and how boys boys who are delayed, you know when we talk about puberty you say girls hitting puberty earlier can be difficult, but boys pu- hitting puberty later because so much is about athletics um fortunately or unfortunately for boys that that development kind of that gender Difference, but also the fact that maybe this is a boy who hasn't fully bloomed, and is dealing with that at school. Absolutely, and and it's interesting, Rena. Like
1: I could even see it playing if we if we play with the puberty piece in a couple of different directions. So easily, I could see a boy who, you know, is still small, mm-hmm. and like you say, that is a. When we look at the research on the impact on boys late, pubertal development is harder on them for exactly why you described. There's a whole lot of social power that is conferred by athleticism and being small makes that harder for boys. So you could see a kid who just like all day long is holding it together pretty well at school under conditions that just don't feel good a lot of the time. And, you know, you're probably looking at this in your kids' ages. I'm looking at this in my younger daughter's ages. I mean, the the size range is kind of extraordinary in mm-hmm. kids when mm-hmm. you are looking at sixth, seventh, and eighth. I mean, they are all over the map. And the big kids are tall and big and the little ones are peanuts, right? I mean, it's a big difference. So you could see that where he just comes in the house raw and it doesn't go well. The other version I could see is a kid who is on the earlier side of puberty does actually enjoy quite a bit of power in in the dynamics of the 6th 7th or 8th grade as a result of that and for lack of a better word is like maybe a little high on it right like mm. gets used to the idea of like people don't mess with me and I don't have to put up with stuff that doesn't that I don't want to deal with and so you know is kind of the king of the playground at school and walks in the house and the little sister is annoying and he's like you know what not dealing with it and is nasty ah right? You could see it playing in lots of ways. Um, And I think everyone in their own families will look at how this is unfolding and be able to make their own inferences. But it's, um, it's extraordinarily hard. And I think what is so hard, if I think about being a parent or a caregiver in this moment, is that if you're watching this dynamic unfold, you are looking at two of your kids who are in pain. You know, the kid who's in pain, who's on the causing end of the distress, um, you know, the boy, and the kid who's in pain, who's on the receiving end of the distress, which mm. is the girl. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I've got two kids and it's so hard. It doesn't happen often, luckily, because our daughters are so far apart. But when you feel like your kids are at odds with each other, because you just feel like your heart is split by that.
0: Ah. Uh, mm. I want to ask you why is it that this you know the boy gets annoyed when she seconds his opinion or agrees with him if he's used to if being king of the hill or whatever it might be isn't that great she's following after what he's saying is like he's isn't she giving him validation why is he losing his mind
1: it is it is sort of an interesting and actually wonderfully specific detail in this letter and anyway you sort of picture as the family's like you know what do you want for dinner and the boys are like i don't know i could like pizza and the little sister goes yeah pizza and he's like oh stop right like you right. True. you're right <laughs> you're right couldn't you Good totally point. see totally. it yes yes and but it reminds me Rena is um did you ever have like an interaction in like elementary school or middle school where somebody started copying you in order to be annoying like mm.
0: and like it is super annoying when people oh, copy gosh. do you remember that like I dumb get game it. I get it, and it's like you're trying to – and now now I understand it from the, the psychology of, of you're finding your individuality in this point, and then someone's like trying to copy you. I
1: think that's your right. style. Okay. And it may feel like
0: she's copying, right? Even though, of course, she's probably like, yeah, pizza
1: sounds great, right? I mean, like she right. may bring nothing to the mm. table that is meant to be provocative. And I think that in those moments, you know, if it's super hot, you just get them away from each other. And I think if you're like okay, you know, who wants dinner? Pizza and he's like, "Yeah, pizza." And then she's like, "Yeah, pizza." And then he he freaks out on her. I think you could be like, "Dude, whoa, whoa, walk it back, right? I mean, I think you can have those quick interventions that just mark it in time. Like it doesn't have to be that everybody goes to their corner every time this kid is annoyed. I don't think anything would get done in family life. But you could say, "She's not trying to bug you. She's in agreement. That wasn't fair." And and just leave it there um, without needing further unpacking or
0: examination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Lisa, is there anything that parents can do to prevent this kind of sibling rivalry?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, there's rivalry in terms of competition and that's its own thing. But just like this is just straight up conflict, right? I mean, they, he's he's finding her problematic. And, and there's a couple of things I think that one can try. <laughs> I, mm-hmm.
0: I just don't I don't want to oversell, Rena. I don't want to mm-hmm. be like, Yes, no, I'm, I love that about you. You yeah. don't oversell. You're very honest based on your experience of what really goes down. So one thing, and
1: I am such a believer in this, the boy is saying that the sister is deliberately being annoying when the mom doesn't say it. And that may be true. And and I think you know, Rena, I'm a big believer in making a no-provoking rule in families. That um, siblings often do provoke one another on purpose, and it's not altogether unusual in a family where the little kid figures out how to push the bigger kid's buttons, and then pushes uh-huh. and pushes and pushes until the bigger kid pops and gets in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah, that happens
1: all the time. So I am a big believer in having a blanket no provoking rule in families because kids know exactly what they're doing when they're doing it. They know exactly what they're doing when they're on the receiving end of it. Like they, they, it's it's very clear when it's happening. So one thing the parent could say is like, okay, if your sister is antagonizing you, come to me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I will deal with her. Mm. But if you react and you react badly, then then you're as you know you're right there with her. so I can't help you in the same way. So I think you can do that. I think the other thing, Rena, is we're trying to help this boy feel better, right? If he feels better, he's not gonna do this. And so there's some things that can happen. One is, you know, making sure he's got lots of ways to enjoy himself and feel good about himself, especially if he's a kid whose puberty is still, you know, if he's bringing up the caboose on puberty. Yeah. So, you know, giving him things that are enjoyable. The other thing that makes kids feel good is that we they feel that we like them. Mm-hmm. And they feel that we take an interest in them in their own right. And so I know it doesn't seem directly connected But I would also advise the parent or caregiver in this situation to look for times to just connect with this guy around the things he wants to do. So, Hmm. you know, maybe that he's like, hey, come look at this sports clip. Or, hey, you know, come watch me build on Minecraft, you know, if he's Uh. still playing Minecraft. Or, you know, hey, can we please, like, go to the Marvel movie? I'm like, I'm coming up with, like, very generic boy stuff and I know it.
0: Wait, but you really say – Finding ways to connect on interest and you as a parent doing things one-on-one or or with them that they like could really help lessen sibling rivalry. It will shore the boy up
1: a bit. Mm-hmm. That's how okay. I think we want to think about it. Like let's think about like when he's acting this way, there's a rawness to him. You're coming up against an emotional rawness in this kid. And what's causing the rawness is probably some murky combination of the neurology of being a thirteen-year-old, the long hard day of seventh grade, the fact that the sister can be a little bit annoying, right? Um, it's all coming together, and you're getting this bad reaction. Mm-hmm. So the way I would think about it is, how can we shore this boy up and and kind of help him to feel less raw? And the solution is to love on him. Right? I mean like that's the solution. So I think if if you know, if you're like, "Hey, do you want to go see Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy? It's like new in theaters." and just the two of you go do that. I almost think it's like creating some sort of loving buffering for this boy, creating a sense of like, you know, we like you, we care about you. We get it that it is not an easy thing to be you right now. We're here to support you. And either that will just help him to feel less raw overall and smooth the relationships with relationship with the little sister or it will certainly i would say improve the kind of conversations that are happening in the aftermath of an interaction like that so if you do have to be like dude what was that mm. that conversation is now happening in the context of a good working relationship between you and that boy and so there's a better chance that he will be willing to reflect or a better chance that he's going to not want to keep having those conversations with you and find a way to govern his behavior a little bit better because, you know, you're really fun to be with and you go out of your way to make sure that he knows you care about him. So having these, you know, you know more kind of painful conversations with you isn't fun and so not, you know, worth trying to avoid. So I, I almost feel like, um, It may feel a little asymmetrical to say that the solution to the problem of the 13-year-old boy walking in the house and being a jerk is to spend more loving time with the 13-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know that I can really explain
0: exactly the mechanics of this, Mm -hmm. but I believe in them. Wow. Wow. So you've seen it work and you know it can make a difference. It can. And And I think if I had, if you were like, okay, really what's the
1: mechanics... You want it to be that acting like a jerk messes up the otherwise good time the family is having. Mm. You know, you want it to be pricey to do that. And so if like no one's talking to you, no one wants to do the things you want to do, no one's interested in the stuff you're interested in, you know, if you're trying to find your fun, basically by hanging out with your friends, you know, walking in the house and, you know... Being a bull in a china shop, like whatever, it's not like it was that fun anyway, right? So I think there's so much value in working hard, and it often involves sometimes one-on-one with kids, to make it lovely if you can or or pleasant if you can so that there's a little part of them right before those words are coming out of their mouth It's like, you know, <laughs> yes, this yes. is going to rupture something that's working. And and I think
0: there's got to be a cost to making a play like that. Got it. Wow. I learned so much in a way that I didn't think this was really fixable. I just, that it was just sort of a pill of parenting we had to swallow and there was no good solution. But you gave us a lot here that can help in in this situation. So thank you, Lisa. What do yeah. you have for us for parenting to go? You know, Rena, I've been thinking a lot lately and I don't know
1: why, but I've been thinking a lot about shame. Hmm. And I think... Maybe it was because of our podcast on cutting and we started to talk about it. But it's, you know, it's one of those things that once it comes back into your mind, you sort of see it everywhere. And it just feels like this is a moment where it's so ripe for shaming a kid, right? To be like, you are being a jerk to your sister. Don't talk to her like that. And and I could get it where a parent would go there. And I think that that's why I, I always am falling back to this idea of, No, 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 talk to the other side of the kid and and ask them what's going on with the part of them that is acting in a way that is so unlike them or so not who you know they want to be. I think it lets us get right to the behavior and make it clear the behavior is unacceptable. But I think it helps us do one of the most important things we want to do in parenting, which is
0: to keep shame out of the picture. Mm -hmm. What a great reminder. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. And Lisa and I are going to start the new year off with a new episode on how you can sustain yourself and your family in 2024. Lisa has some advice and some things that might be interesting to focus on. And I'll see you in the new year, Lisa. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop.